I love that song because it talks about how amazing the men are in our lives. And um, I actually suggested, and my husband threw me under the bus, and I said to him, you know what, why is it that we have men preaching on Father's Day and women preaching on Mother's Day? You know what, why isn't that women preaching on Father's Day honouring the incredible men in our church, in our lives. And um, I, I just want to thank our church, the men in our church. You are incredible. You are amazing. And um, for me, just to pick out just a couple of incredible men in our church who have, who have been great father figures, who have been great men figures in my life I look at people like and I'm gonna I'm gonna be in big trouble here in a second but um and I'm not even gonna look at him but Jason Webster is an incredible man that a lot of a lot of you will not see up on the stage or you know he is a behind the scenes sort of guy he is on our board and he is he has been such a great support for Ben and I in this church he is there when we are, when we've got problems, Jason, what do we do? Jason, what do we do? And um, and I want to honour Jason, and, and I want to thank you for being an incredible man in my life and in Ben's life. There are people like Jamie Happel and Simon Noble who, for us, have always been just such a great laugh. Along this journey of life, you know, there are ups and downs, and you know, there are hard times, like I just said. And you know what? Thank you for always. There you are. Thank you for always being great brothers to Ben and I and to many others in this church. Where is my favourite doctor in the house? Where is he? Tony Bowden. Oh, he's in there counting. Tony Bowden, you are my favourite doctor by a long shot. We have seen Tony... A great man in our church who has sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed. And, um, you know, the other day um, we had a situation in our church um, of a, a gentleman who collapsed. And you just saw Tony just rush straight like that. And, you know, what? he stayed with this man and, and he cared for him and he loved him. And, um, you know, what? you are such a great role model in this church, Tony. And there are so many people who look up to you. And so thank you for everything that you bring, your heart, your sacrifice to this church. And, and, and we honour you today. Yes, you can go back and do what you have to do. <laughs> well, this morning, my message is called The Heart of a Father. And um, I've changed this about four or five times. On, on Saturday, no, on Friday, I thought, yeah, yeah, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. And... Um, I woke up at 1 a.m. on Friday or well, Saturday morning, and I woke up at 4 a.m. and I changed it both times. That's just what happens. But um, but I I am a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a wife. I'm a mother, and I'm a friend who have so many incredible men in my life. Like I just said, and I want to show you. I want to. I want to. I want to take you on a bit of a journey as to those people who have made me a sister, a wife a mother, and a daughter. And um, I want to introduce you just to some incredible men in my life. And this is my younger brother, Mitchell. I probably need to stand out of the way. 
He has, he is, oh, I'm going to say he's 28, 27, 28. He's 28. I knew that. Sorry, Mitch, if you're watching. Um, and he is, he has a beautiful little daughter, Peyton. And this 28-year-old young guy is just incredible. He has such a generous heart. He has leadership all over his life. And um, he will do anything and everything um, for you. Even if you're a stranger, he'll take the shirt off his back and he will give it to you. The next one is my older brother. Uh, this is Ben. Um, I am really, really excited that um, they are actually moving down and joining our church in a couple of weeks' time. I am so excited. Um, my brother has, has always lived away um, due to work and all of that sort of stuff, but he and his family, his three beautiful children and his wife, they will be moving to City Church and being part of it in three weeks' time, and I am so excited. He is a general manager for John Holland, and um, again, the most generous person. Actually, he is watching this morning. He is the most generous person, the most selfless person, the most loving person, and again, he will do anything for you. The next one, this is Ben's dad. This is my father-in-law, and... Um, I met Russell in 2004 when I started dating Ben, and um, I spent two years getting to know this incredible human being. And um, sadly, he passed away in 2006 um, on a trip to the Philippines. Um, but the biggest thing that everybody has always said about Russell is his smile. He had the most infectious smile. Again, the most generous man I've ever known. Um, so... You know, we honour him today not being here, but um, he is a great man who has left a great legacy and a great son who is, you know, a lead pastor of this church. And you know what? That speaks for itself, just um, how incredible Ben is. The next one is obviously my husband. Um, I guess there are no real words. Um, He has made me a mother um, to two beautiful children and, again, selfless generous and and you all know that the next one is is my dad I knew I I knew I I wasn't going to do this I'm not an emotional person but um but on Friday I got the privilege of watching my dad graduate um, from his master's of education and leadership and um I it was such a proud day and um I think giving you a little bit of a background of we have had such a horrible week in our family. We have had ups and downs and it has been a tough week for our family. And I've watched my dad step up, step into the, the, the position of being a dad. A dad that loved every single one of us kids who showed direction, who showed love, who appreciated Every one of his kids. And, um, and I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit. But um, you know what? My dad has a large part of who I am today. You know, my values, my relationship with God, first and foremost. You know, that it, my mum and my dad have demonstrated how, you know, our marriage works. They've been married, oh, I'm going to say 42 years. <laughs> and that was actually just last week. So, um, so, so they are five incredible men that I have in my life. And um, when I started to think and pray about this message today, I started to write down the characteristics of my own father, 
my own husband, and like I said, both my brothers. And these are the words that I would use to describe them. They are hardworking, dedicated, joyful, generous, faithful, disciplined, accepting, sacrificial, leaders, hopeful, teachers, protectors, and providers. The best way that I can sum up this, a father's heart, is made up of faith, hope, and love. So, and that took me to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does, dis- it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when completeness, but when completeness comes... What, it is part, uh, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put uh, the ways of my childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall fully know, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, love but the greatest of these is love. So my first point today, it was going to be faith and then I changed it several times. So my first point is faithful and faith-filled. The definition of faith is to completely trust or have confidence in. Um, Our incredible men um, in our lives have mighty faith and are faithful and we need them to lead by example. So growing up, we were, we, for, for as long as I know, we've always been involved in church. My parents, um, when we lived on the Central Coast, my parents were youth leaders at Uniting Church at Wyoming. Is it Wyoming? Narara. And um, I remember that they took us along the journey. I remember the Friday nights that we would be going to, to youth group with them as four and five-year-olds. And I remember... They just took us along the journey. I remember when we would have connect groups at our house, you know, we would have so much, we would get up so much mischief with the other kids that would come along, but you know what, it was fun. And not once did we ever felt like, oh, we have to go to church today. Oh, you know what, they took us along the journey. And, um, you know, the 30 years that I've been alive, my dad has shown that. My dad has shown that and has been part of that seed of my relationship and my faith with God. Another ex- a great example of faith is in Romans chapter 4. Paul states that it's Abraham's faith that made him righteous, not his circumcision or any of the other things that he did. Abraham believed in God and that he was going to be a father of many nations, even though he was 99 years old. I am 30 and I have two children and um, that's a handful at 30 years. I can't imagine being 99 and wanting to become a, a mother or, or, or having children. Um, it, was, it was Abraham's faith of believing in God that he could do this. Why? 
it was because he believed that he could and he said he would, that God knew that Abraham truly believed in who he was. You don't have to be a father here today to demonstrate faith. I um, Again, we have some really amazing young people in our life. And um, Daniel Russell, um, he is like a little brother to me. And um, I've watched him um, as a 23-year-old. 24-year-old, he had a birthday this week. Um, as a 24-year-old, I've watched him be an uncle to my two children. I have watched him be such an incredible example to the youth in this church. You don't have to be a dad. You don't have to have children to be a great example. Um, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I uh, now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Takes me to my second point, which is hope. The definition of hope is a feeling um, of expectation or a desire of a particular thing to happen. When grounded in God, he provides the motivation to live a Christian life, even when we face trouble. Many of you know our story. Uh, back in 2005, um, we, un- we had to undergo f- fertility treatment. I had to go through um, IVF twice, and um, it was the most challenging, stressful, emotional time of my life. And um, I remember that every step of the journey... I had a great man standing beside me, a great man full of faith and full of hope, and that was my husband. It was not easy um, by any stretch of the mark, but you know what? His faith and his hope is what got me through that journey, along with God. But I remember that, you know, there were days that I just could not function. But I know that he, again, with a desire and a hope of being a father, he got us through that journey. And... um, it speaks volumes today that we have two beautiful children. We had Cooper, um, who through IVF, and um, miraculously we didn't have to have Georgia through IVF. So, um, yeah. So Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who hope in God will renew their strength. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, Jesus, God is our Father. You know what? For some of us here, we don't have our fathers. You know what, but we have a father in heaven. We all have a father in heaven today who, you know what, when it says, but when you hope and when you have a faith in me, trust in me. This leads me to my final point, and this is my main point. It's, uh, it talks about part of the father's heart is love, and I feel like that is one of the biggest things. The first half, First Corinthians 13 verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it, is, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. That sums up the de- definition of love. But I want to go a little deeper with these. A few of them I want to just highlight. And the first one is love is patient. Who here has children? 
Who here has been asked the question, why, 55,000 times? Who here gets really frustrated with being asked, Mum, can I have a drink of milk? Mum, can I have something to eat? Mum, 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 mum. Me. This kind of patient love bears with offences. It is slow to repay or punish those who offend. However, it does not imply indifferences um, which would ignore um, an offence. As a parent myself, I look back on the many times that I possibly pushed those boundaries of patience for my parents. I remember times of my mum and dad probably going in their room, more in particular my mum, and just quietly having a moment to herself after I may have done the wrong thing, after her telling me no quite a few times. But Proverbs 14.29 says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. How many times as Christians have we done something to test God's patience? And you know what? Just like the Father's love, every single time that we have done that, we have been forgiven. Love is kind. Kindness is similar to patience, but refers to how we treat others. The definition of kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Science has now shown that devoting resources to others rather than having more and more ourselves brings about lasting well-being. Kindness has been found by researchers to be the most important thing of sacrifice and stability in a marriage. Many colleagues, including Harvard, are now emphasising kindness on their applications. There's different ways to practice kindness. And one of those is to open our eyes and to see the people in need. It doesn't cost us a single thing to be kind. Then the others, love does not envy, love does not boast, love is not proud, and love does not uh, dishonour others. Love is not self-seeking, It is not easily angered. Love keeps no records of wrong. This kind of love offers forgiveness, even when the offence is repeated. What comes out of keeping track of everybody's wrongdoings? Unforgiveness can put us into a fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in the heart rate, blood pressure and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among others. However, forgiveness forgiveness can calm stress levels and lead to improved health. This is constantly being displayed to us when we find ourselves in sin over and over and over again. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 10, our sins are washed away. We are made clean because Christ gave his own blood as a gift to God. He did this once and for all. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. Love always protects. This kind of love describes the keeping 
safe from harm or injury. We uh, never really had to put locks on doors or things when we had Cooper. But I tell you what, having Georgia, I think we're going to have to do that. And you know what? The reason that we do these things is to protect our children because we love them. There are reasons why we were told, and I only now as a parent realize, be home at 10 o'clock. No, you can't drive the car. No, you can't do this. No, you need to be at school. No, I need to know where you're going. Parents did that because they love us. You know what? There are boundaries that God puts in place for us because he loves us. Love always trusts. This love gives others the benefit of the doubt and trusting in good intention. Love always hopes. This kind of love hopes for the best where others are concerned, knowing God is faithful to complete the work that he started in us. This hope encourages others to press forward in their faith. Love always perseveres. This kind of love endures even the most difficult trials. We've all been through trials. Whether or not that's someone who's put you through a trial or whether or not that's just a challenge that you're going through. Love always perseveres. Again, as a parent, as a mother, as a father, or as our heavenly father, you know what? His love always overcomes. Love never fails. Regardless of who we are or what we do, our Father's love will never fail us, just like our Heavenly Father. So I want to read it again. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 11. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I'm just going to skip down. Verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, is love. So my final thought today, as the team want to come, there are many fathers, grandfathers, single fathers, stepfathers, father figures such as uncles, brothers, mothers who have stepped up and played a dual role as both parents, young men who are not yet fathers, and most importantly, our Heavenly Father. He is the father to the fatherless, the greatest of all role models, a father who gave us the greatest gift of all time, eternal life, a father who we can have faith in, a father who has a hope and a plan for us, a father who loves us unconditionally, regardless of our past, present or future. So today, being Father's Day, whether or not you have a dad who is in heaven, here on earth, you know what, let's honour our fathers today because they are amazing men in our lives. Men who love us, men who have great faith and men who have great hope in us.
So I'm going to invite my husband to come back up and he's going to close the service and he's going to put out a call for salvation. You may not know this father that we're talking about, the father in heaven, but we want to invite you and give you an opportunity today to come to know him. Come on, give her a hand. Fantastic. Well done, Ames. So good. You know, for me, Father's Day is a time where I can reflect and think about the fact that I've had so many great memories with my earthly dad, but he's passed on now. He's not here. He passed when I was about 18 years old, and so I've done quite a number of Father's Days now without my earthly dad, but I always have my heavenly father. And in the key moments of my life where there's times where it feels like I perhaps could be alone or there could be moments where there's hardship or difficulty and I could look for my dad, I can always find my heavenly father there. His presence, his love, knowing that he's there with me in whatever season I may face in my life. And I think that's the most incredible thing to be able to have a heavenly father that's with you all the time. To be able to actually have peace with God and no purpose with your life. And that's only found in relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer asking for us to start a relationship with Jesus Christ and make that decision this morning to have a personal relationship with Him. And I don't know where you sit this morning. I don't know whether you're far from God as you sit here this morning or whether whether you're close to Him. I am not sure, but only God can see into your heart. But one thing that I do know is that he loves you more than you could imagine. He cares about you more than you could know. He knows every detail about your life. And he's got such an incredible plan and purpose for your life. And we can so easily think that that's for somebody else, but it's actually for you. And God loves you just the way you are. You don't have to try and be better. He loves you just the way you are right now. And so we're going to pray this prayer and make our peace with God and have a relationship with God. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we pray this prayer together as a church family. And I'm going to ask you just to repeat this after me. If you believe it in your heart, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So this morning as we pray this prayer, let's have that belief in our heart this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sin and my mistakes, I'm sorry. Thank you that you've called me to a life of purpose. Help me to live for you. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. Thank you, I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. You know, that's the greatest decision you can make with your life is to be able to give your life to Jesus Christ, to serve Him, to have your Heavenly Father in every season of life there with you and be able to serve God. It's the most incredible adventure you could ever go on. I want to invite you, if you've made that decision today for the first time, or maybe you've made a recommitment and it meant something to you today, we have a a guest lounge just outside in the foyer. We'd love to meet you and we'd love to encourage you in that decision that you've just made or perhaps you're just new or visiting this morning. We'd love you to come into the guest lounge and we'll grab you a coffee and just love you to meet some of the incredible team. But 
Today, what a great reminder that every one of us is blessed with a heavenly Father. And so let me pray for you this morning. We're going to sing one more song and then we'll close the service. Lord, I just thank you that you are our heavenly Father. I thank you that you're with us in whatever season we may face in our life, that you love us, Lord God, more than we could imagine, and you care about us, Lord Jesus. And I pray this morning, Lord, that we would know your love, just like we've heard from Amy this morning, Lord Jesus. We'd know, we'd have faith, we'd have hope, and we'd have love, Lord God. We'd understand those things, Lord Jesus. We'd understand the great love that you have for us. And because of that, we'd live confident and bold lives, I pray. In your mighty name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.